<laughs> introductions. We're doing introductions. Okay. We're going to do that Welcome. when everybody gets here, right? Ready here? Let me say this. Welcome to Social Seance, where we okay. convene with each other, not the dead. <laughs> I like that. I don't know. Welcome to the is first that, ever is episode that the, of is that our Black opening podcast? Social Seance, where we, we convene with each other and not the dead. I'm but sometimes the dead. Tyler. Over long distances, over telecommunication, it can be difficult because there are delays and normal pauses seem to take longer. So if a person is paused for thought in longer than three seconds, one, two, three, that leaves the floor open for discussion. Okay. It's really hard for me not to interrupt. As you well That's know. A, <laughs> See, it's you, really you, hard you, for you, you not to throw up. Three seconds. That's not longer than three seconds. One, this two, is three, three seconds. One, two, three. I said, it's really hard for me not to interrupt. One, two, as you well know. That's, <laughs> I said it on the three, whatever. Okay, you're good. You're good. We just got to get used to it. It's fine. We just got to fight. Get it, uh, get it out of our system. Do you want me to rip <laughs> the shirt off? I forget where my camera's at. I feel like my camera should be here, but it's here. Do you want me to rip my shirt off? <laughs> Please. That's just how we introduce you every episode. Like, who does that? The Hulk? <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing purple pants every episode. I keep looking over here for my camera, but I gotta I remember it's right here now. Flexing discreetly. Stop! Don't flex on me. Who do you think you are? Look at my little twigs. Look at them. Look at these. Look at <laughs> I pushed a lawnmower onto a trailer with Look these fucking that. sticks your, yesterday. Your Look at that shit. Wandering. I could kick all your asses. Watch out. Yeah, probably. Forget about it. It's Jersey. She's going to make you eat the fishes. Do you love Jersey? <laughs> sleep. Sleep with the fishes. ever listen to the lies he tells you about New Either Jersey. Either way, I'm dead because I can't eat fish. I picked, I picked these flowers because I thought that they would be reminiscent of, you know, like the summer solstice and, uh, you know. I have, a, I have a salt lamp. <laughs> I have a tree. Okay, so I don't, um, I'm not an expert. I learned about um, Juneteenth shortly after learning about shortly learning uh, about um, after learning about um, the Oklahoma, you know, massacre, like that's it was part of my, like, sort of, I don't know, whenever I learned about that. So a lot of people that I know, people of color, or especially, like, Black people, a lot, like, there's a division because some of us didn't know anything about, like, um, Black Wall Street, and we didn't know anything about, like, Juneteenth, and we didn't grow up in families that celebrated Juneteenth. So for me, my knowledge and my learning has come as an adult. And so I'm actually, I still grapple with, like, ways to celebrate every year, Um but definitely, like, we pushed for making it a federal holiday. That was something we absolutely, like, supported. And we're trying to get that done, like, even, like, in our workplaces and things like that. But then in the midst of that, it did become a federal holiday, which is great. But um, obviously, we want more than a holiday. We want, we want you know, reparations and a lot more other things. But, yeah, so for me, I'm just, I'm really new. Like, my knowledge about it is really new. I feel like Olivia probably has a lot more to contribute well, um, than, let I, me... than I do. Let me ask you, what is Juneteenth? Like, what is, we know it's a holiday, but what is it a holiday celebrating? Um, 
so it is celebration of the actual like end of slavery which which did not happen when it was supposed to it was years later at a, a town in texas was like their last slave was freed and so it's a celebration of african-american independence so i did a little bit of reading before we started re- recording all this and i read that it happened in galveston texas galveston I, i'm sorry galveston texas to uh on june 19th two years after the declaration that all slaves should be freed and there was uh the army had to come in and tell the people of galveston to free the remaining 250,000 slaves that uh were left enslaved and so that was just like uh texas bucking against you know uh, like they do you know yeah right right <laughs> oh so texas being texas man yeah yeah texas being texas so everything's bigger in texas including the racism racism a lot bigger in texas but yeah so i think what you read was correct but like i said i feel like you know, growing up in a black family, like an African, like there are African American families that grow up with this knowledge and grow up with like a lot of people getting together and celebrating this day. Um, I definitely did not grow up with knowledge about this holiday or knowledge about like the reason we would be celebrating. So all of my adult sort of education has come in and like taught me things and there are ways that I attempt to uh, celebrate. One thing I will say that, like, as we all kind of chart our own path and develop our own knowledge and we educate ourselves on how to be anti-racist, right, um, right. one of the things we, we definitely want to do is, like, not, um, we don't want to support, you know, the sort of modifying of, of a holiday like this as Walmart is, you know, making ice cream for Juneteenth. And, you know, there are other corporations that are just trying to capitalize on it. Their corporations who, you know, could really give a shit about the Black experience as a whole, and they will absolutely like, try to profit off of it. And so we, you know, we we want to, no matter what you do or don't do, we just want to make sure, like, we're not supporting those companies that are, you know, doing performative things to show support when really they're just trying to line their pockets. I... I'm from the rural South. Uh, poor whites and African Americans have a lot of combined culture because of the way that uh, slavery kind of forced them together and kind of create a divide between those poor whites and those enslaved African Americans at the time. So we have a lot of similarities with foods, uh, celebrations, and stuff. What What do you think on how, like tri- meals, uh, specifically? should be celebrated do you think it's insensitive for people to eat soul food i'm using air quotation soul food it's soul food in the rest of the world but in the south it's just what we eat exactly um do you think soul food is uh eaten on juneteenth is that do you think that's a by non uh, african-american people do you think that's culturally insensitive um i think that uh there are better ways to celebrate right like i think in in a nutshell um like if I were to support and want to celebrate indigenous people, 
I could go out here and try to find myself an indigenous recipe to make, or I could find organizations that are actually helping people that are living an indigenous experience that have experienced, you know, harm. And so I just think that like, maybe there's a difference between like, what can I get out of this holiday and what food or recipe do I want to try rather than saying like, how do I want to help the people this is about? And so I think maybe your approach when you're coming into it, like I don't have any, I don't have a problem with, like if you're a Southern white person who is going to celebrate Juneteenth and you, you normally make, you know, food that you normally make. Like, I, I don't think that it's like out of line because it's your actual, you know, you're, you're having that in common. Right. So, right. Absolutely. Um, but I, I just think that I wouldn't do that in, in place of something that is maybe more helpful. Like, you know, let me, let me frame money. it a little better. Uh, last mm-hmm. Juneteenth, uh, the first celebration of this as a federal holiday, Amazon on Juneteenth had a special lunch that they gave everyone of fried chicken and watermelon. I I know that's not soul food, but I found that to be demeaning. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know Yikes. That. <laughs> it was that's all over the yeah. internet last Juneteenth. So I, I don't was... know how I missed that, but that's horrible. Like That sounds like a big swing and a miss, you know? Like, right. <laughs> but also, like, does it feel accidental? Because to me, it doesn't. To me, it just feels... No like absolutely on purpose and like yeah right. we got your you know like it's just, well it kind of falls in line stereotypical yeah i mean it's super with the uh, juneteenth ice cream you know yeah yeah i mean it's just yeah it was it that's that i didn't i did not know <laughs> i did not know that that's horrible i think that um you know if i were an employee there, well put it on the long list of amazon atrocities you know yeah there you go like what hasn't amazon done at this point <laughs> right Exactly. It doesn't. It didn't shock me when I saw it, and that was like uh, someone. So I saw it on Facebook. I didn't fact check it, but I saw it all over Facebook last year. I I know I probably should have fact checked it, and I'm sure someone in the comment section below will tell me that I'm wrong if I am. Um, but it was uh, along the lines. Right now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. it, It was along the lines of why Amazon should be boycotted. So it could have been slander, but I. I'm inclined to believe that it's real. The fact that we don't know if it's real or not goes to show how harmful Amazon is. Like, even if it isn't true, like, that, that it's we possible they would the do that. Of it. Right, right, like, it's so believable, like, at this point. Uh, Caitlin, you, you said before the podcast, before we started recording, that you, you know a lot about this. You make it a point on every Juneteenth to... Uh, as a point to decolonize your beliefs and decolonize yourself to, to read up on Juneteenth. Uh, is there any more you'd like to add? Well, honestly, uh, I you pretty much already covered the only part that I ever remember, <laughs> which okay. is that it was two years after slavery was you know, supposed to end that the remaining slaves were finally emancipated in Texas on June 19th. And that's I read it, you know, every year when the stuff is, like, going around, I always read it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so cool, but then, like, it doesn't stick in my brain. The same with all of my, all my solstice notes, like, I'm like, I know I've read this stuff, but then right. I have to go look it up again when I want to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, you know, no one expects you to remember everything all the time. Um, so, do you think there should be a separation between the way people of color celebrate Juneteenth and the way Caucasians celebrate the holiday as allies? 
Are we asking me or Selena? But it's just an open question to everyone. Personally, I think yes. Like, as a white person, I don't feel right, like, having a barbecue uh, for Juneteenth. Like, I'm really glad that we have this as, like, a federal holiday. And, you know, it's getting the recognition that it really deserves. And people, you know, can take pause and be like, okay, this is why we're having this holiday. But to me, it doesn't feel like I have something to be celebrating because I like me and my ancestors like have never experienced slavery like we weren't the people that were emancipated like and I think that as allies we certainly have an obligation if we are going to do anything at all to be supporting organizations that are going to be uplifting the black community you know at the very least, even if we can't like support monetarily, like sharing things being like, oh, hey, you know, this is a organization within our community that's helping, you know, you know, uh, whatever, poor black people, black mothers, whatever, anything that has to do with like supporting the African-American community, especially locally, I think is, is a really important thing to do and focus on as white allies. Awesome. Selena, would you like to add anything? Yes. Something Caitlin was just saying, and I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to say something about that. Give me a second because I'm having a brain. I'm going to call it a bubble. So not only did I come from (laughs) the southern part of America where, you know, a lot of that cult, those cultures combined. I'm also on the bottom tip of the Appalachian mountain range and Appalachian cultures uh, historically kind of like we we mix pretty much so um my family has a lot of black people has a lot of white people has a lot of like people of color and uh there's a lot of diversity in it so when we haven't really done anything to celebrate juneteenth yet is being a new holiday but i wouldn't see it out of the stretch of normalcy to have barbecues over at your uh your african-american friend's house or your your cousin's house you know um, well Skyler, if you if you are invited to the cookout you definitely need to show up man like that's a cool that's, that's an honor right. you know if you're invited to the cookout you need to come on over but um one thing i would say is for people that don't have like an sort of an in inherent like sort of connection in their family to you know black people that are celebrating that will invite you to their festivities i think that's awesome if you have that opportunity but another thing that i would suggest people do is like use that day to like educate yourself and your and your children on like what the holiday is and why it's important you know take your kids out to um there's like a lynching memorial project that's like a nationwide thing like educate them on that like there are you know racist monuments being torn down and lynching memorials being put up um, here in Maryland, the NAACP is doing, um, it's like a, a, a memorial, lynching memorial project, which is, I believe it was started by um, Brian Stevenson, and um, it's nationwide. There's a huge, there's a museum, I believe it's in Alabama. I, I want to say it's Montgomery, Alabama, but you could like take your family and like, you know, teach them about lynchings and why do we need memorials to to victims of lynching and why are we pulling down racist statues and, and, and memorializing people that were murdered, you know, by 
racist people in power. You could, you know, if you're in the Washington, um, D.C. area, we have an African-American museum that's relatively new and beautiful. It's something that I think that, like, you know, that is a really good and healthy way to to really just educate yourselves. And, I mean, honestly, like, I've been to the African-American museum several times, and I haven't seen all of it. Like, I still haven't seen all of it. It's so well done. And so look, you know, locally in your own area and find out, like, what what could there possibly be maybe even being hosted by like your town or your community? Like, are there even church events that might be educational for you to attend? So I think that like, you know, obviously there are just, there's so many ways that you could celebrate, but definitely what troubles me is like people having a whole day off now and not caring so much about what it is or what it means. And then also using it, as a way to like culturally appropriate or be stereotypical, which we have seen, like, you know, schools are out. So colleges are, you know, on break, but like a lot of times we see these things are made, like, you know, caricatures are made um, out of, you know, people saying, Oh, we're going to celebrate this day. We see the same thing with Cinco de Mayo. Like people want to go out and have, Oh, you know, want to have a margarita and eat some tacos and wear a sombrero and totally culture, culturally appropriate this holiday and get drunk and like nobody knows like what the real significance of it is and so I would just say err on the side of educating yourself um you know rather than like having fun especially if you're a novice and you have no idea what the hell you're doing if you're educating yourself on the issues rather than like seeking to you know entertain yourself chances are you're going to do better than 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 you would otherwise that is a big problem that we have today in American society is the commercialization of holidays that have significance like Juneteenth and other holidays. They have also been commercialized. And one thing I don't want to see is the commercialization of Juneteenth. And that's one of the big things that I liked about this Juneteenth with all the backlash at the corporations, uh, the Juneteenth ice cream, like you mentioned before. Uh, you've been listening to Black Jade Society Social Seance, a uh, discussion between friends. Uh, please join us after the break where we'll be discussing midsummer and summer solstice. Support your favorite occult nonprofit, blackjade.org. Buy our merch. Hi, welcome back to Black Jade Society's Social Seance, a discussion amongst friends. Uh, we're going to be talking about midsummer and the summer solstice, the differences between the two and the similarities. Uh, now, Caitlin, you've done a lot of research on this topic. I believe you have a page and a half of notes. Do you mind sharing with us uh, which one you prefer, the midsummer or the summer solstice? Which which area do you feel is more correct? Well, the summer solstice just technically refers to the day, the longest day of the year. So the day when there's the most sunlight um, throughout the year and the least darkness, which can fall any anywhere between June, I believe the 19th and the 22nd, depending on the year. And midsummer specifically refers to the celebration that is still really a really big part of Scandinavian cultures, especially in like Sweden and stuff. But as far as like celebrating, you know, people in America where we are or anywhere else across Europe, like midsummer or summer solstice, if it's an English speaking country, you know, can kind of be used interchangeably. 
Awesome. Um, so historically, what cultures have celebrated these holidays? Which ones have it like their which which ones like the higher up in the cultures that are most associated with it to like you don't have to rank them or anything. You can go on a long way <laughs> discussion, but like to like the cultures that really haven't significantly historically celebrated, maybe do some celebrations today. Well, the solstice celebrations are like incredibly ancient. Like I'm sure everybody is probably familiar with Stonehenge and the fact that, you know, Neolithic humans like far predating any written records created huge uh, stone and timber circles that aligned with both the summer solstice sun and also the winter solstice sun. It's actually super cool how they're aligned to frame the rising sun on the summer solstice and the setting sun on the winter solstice. So, and even though we don't have any written records of that time period, we have a lot of archeological evidence that supports that there were gatherings and celebrations that were held in these areas uh, seasonally. But then moving kind of more forward, ancient Greece had a celebration called Cronia, which celebrated the god Kronos, in which the strict social order of Greek society was temporarily uplifted. They the slaves were um, and servants were considered to be like equal to the masters. And sometimes even things would be like flipped upside down where the masters would be serving the slaves instead, you know, for this period of like feasting and celebration. In ancient Rome, they had a celebration called Vestalia that was celebrated on the solstice where they celebrated Vesta, who is the goddess of the hearth. And women. Did, I'm would, sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to stop you how did you pronounce her name vesta vesta okay thank you yep i might be wrong but from taking greco-roman mythology i'm pretty sure that was how my teacher pronounced it back no, in I mean, the that's day absolutely <laughs> i mean I, that's correct i've only ever seen these names written and never heard them spoken before all right no i totally get what you're saying but Vesta, she was considered widely considered to be like goddess of like the hearth and home. And, you know, women and wives would leave offerings in her temple in exchange for blessings for their family in the coming year. In Viking times, they it was really in, an important time of the year, but it um, wasn't necessarily a time for celebration. It was a time for resolving legal matters and time for people would be getting together because they're about to be separated for a large portion of the year. Like um, sailors would be going off to sea to start, you know, gathering fish for the year. Right. Vikings would be going off raiding. Uh, farmers would be going out into their fields and driving their herds out to pasture and stuff. So there would be a lot of separation. So people would all, you know, come together to like be saying, you know, goodbye for a significant period of time. And a lot of people would be going to port cities, like especially merchants and stuff, because that would be where all like the trading and stuff was happening during these periods of travel. Moving 
forward in time, once Christianity started spreading further north, especially um, into like the Germanic and Scandinavian tribes and stuff, they saw like a lot of people were, you know, this was like a firmly held like belief in like time of celebration and stuff. And they were like, well, you can keep your celebration, but we're going to call it about something Christian instead now. So, you know, that'll make it okay. And they decided to create St. John's Day, which is a celebration day for John the Baptist. Was this around the same time that uh, a lot of the other pagan holidays were rebranded into Christian holidays? I would assume so, probably yes. Um, It would probably be around the time that, you know, the Scandinavian nations were officially converting to Christianity, um, similar to how, you know, Yule was obviously rebranded as Christmas. Right. And and stuff like that. I did notice, you know, in some of my research and stuff, like the anciently, it wasn't necessarily like an Irish thing. Like it was definitely a celebration on like the other island that has Britain and Wales and and Scotland on it. But um, Ireland was kind of its own thing, like hanging out. And they were really focused on celebrating the four fire festivals of Yaltana, um, Lunasa, Samhain, and Imbolc. So the summer solstice celebrations in Irish paganism, Irish paganism is a little bit more of a newer thing. However, they do focus on a goddess that they have related to the light and sun of Anya. Norse pagans a lot of times will be focused on fertility deities such as Freyr. I mean, specifically Freyr. He's like, he's my favorite man. I got him on my altar up here, but he, uh, he's, you know, a god of a major god of agriculture, god of the sun shining on the earth, god of the rain falling on crops. And uh, also uh, Sana, who is like the literal personification of the sun. Right. Coming into present day. So um, in Scandinavian cultures, this has remained an incredibly important holiday that, and especially in Sweden, is called Midsummer. And Swedish people, it's like huge. It's like they're... It's like their 4th of July, but like longer, <laughs> you know, they are bring out the national flags, the old traditional dress from like the 1800s. They play traditional music, eat traditional foods. They have tons of festivities surrounding, you know, children and the youth and stuff. They often do what are we would know as maypoles, but um, is called uh, Midsummer Stang in Swedish. I'm sorry, some Swedish person is probably going to show up on our YouTube and be like, you said that with a bad accent because I'm not that good at pronouncing things. One of, the, um, one of the great things about this uh, community is that we're all learning together and it's open for mistakes, you know. Uh, I, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because Selena has to say her goodbyes real quick. Okay. So, especially in Sweden, you know, the women and children are wear flower crowns or flower necklaces, you know, made with real flowers. They celebrate, you know, nature and the earth's rebirth. And it's, you know, there's a lot of traditional, you know, things that 
would be, you know, construed as like magic or occult that are really commonplace. Um, for example, placing flowers in your pillowcase is said to bring dreams of a future spouse and stuff like that. So like everything is really revolving around like flowers, wildlife, everything coming more back to life, you know, um, youth and like, you know, baby animals and fertility and stuff like that. As far as uh, neo-pagans of pretty much any branch, there seems to be really central themes of celebrating with bonfires and feasting. <laughs> bonfires is the big like one. I know. And even like historically, it was like always centered around like a fire. Like every celebration was centered around like having a big fire in the community. Um, like, and that's, that's pretty common across like all European cultures. It wasn't like specific to like any like certain sect of paganism or anything like that. Everybody loves fire. And having a big fire across cultures was sort of considered a way of like either harnessing or enhancing the power of the sun to help um, ensure a good harvest and, you know, as as like a form of like protection and stuff like that right so uh i know that you have some beef with a certain i cannot pronounce it it's a the wiccan celebration of the summer solstice yeah so for a long time i thought it was pronounced liva but then when i was going to look it up for this apparently uh at the very least the american wiccan pronunciation of it is liva which I think is is so odd, but um. What is anyway, that so, again? Liva. Liva. So like, a hard, th sound, but like i, not i saying its name. The short i sound. <laughs> if you want to be technical about it. It's a gross. But word. it is. It makes me feel like that noise that you make, like when you like burp a little bit right before you throw up. It's like oh, like oh, maybe it was just a burp. Then you like throw up anyway. Like this, that's the, the uh, feeling. Because I'm like, I like this. <laughs> I feel like it, it sounds like slither, like a snake. Slither, word. like agita. <laughs> that's ah. that burp sound. That's what we call it in my Italian family. That was agita. Nobody's ever heard of that. No, no, that's interesting. That's I like one. it. That's a new one. We call it sour burps. Yeah, that's, that's sulfur burps though. That's like egg burps, right? I mean, those may you kind of throw up. is when it like bursts up in your throat and you feel like you're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> to all the uh, the viewers here that were like not ready for uh, this discussion on. Nobody's the, ready to hear about <laughs> Ajita. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Kids are gonna uh, love that one though, <laughs> right? Circling back here, uh, so, you know, I started digging a little deeper and researching, like, okay, well, where did that term come from? Since, you know, for those who aren't aware, most of Wicca is either stolen from another culture or twisted off of another culture in a very appropriative manner. Um, and then we there's have just some like really a little bad Wiccans in our comment section just get mad, get mad about it. Like hey, yeah, you're, no, if you you're, re 
religion daddy just ran a sex cult and wanted young, beautiful women to look at his wrinkly pee-pee, like, you know? <laughs> so uh, it is what it is. But um, so uh, Litha or Lytha, I believe probably was pronounced Lytha going back to, it would be like probably the time period after you know, after the Viking period when Christianity had, you know, fully taken hold in, uh, you know, the British Isles would be, um, so uh, Lytha, Lytha um, was the Anglo-Saxon word that meant calm or mild. And it was used to refer to both, it was like considered a double month. So it was the month before and the month after the summer solstice. And it was named because the winds would be calm and the sea would be mild and it would make for good sailing during this time period, which was pretty important for seafaring cultures, but was not used as a specific term for the holiday at that time. So then <laughs> I kid you not, I looked this up several times because I couldn't believe that it was a thing. So in 1937, J.R.R. Tolkien published The Hobbit. Okay. And in I'm it, excited for this. This is juicy gossip. <laughs> Anytime you mention Tolkien, like it's it's gotta be good. That man God, I love lived, Lord of the Rings so much. That man but anyways. Okay. You know he had a beef with Walt Disney? If you didn't, I'm gonna let you finish your story and I'll tell you mine. Right. Um, but so J.R.R. Tolkien publishes The Hobbit, and in it, it has the calendar of Hobbit holidays. And as the, the fictional solstice holiday for Hobbits, he called Lithe. I've, I'm not sure if it was pronounced Lithe. It, it's spelled exactly like the word Lithe. So either it was Lithe or Lith or Lytha, but with an E at the end instead of an A, unsure. So this was right around the time that Gerald Gardner was being uh, supposedly um, indoctrinated into whatever coven he was a part of in the uh, 1940s. And then later he came out and, you know, created Wicca basically uh, in the 50s. So somewhere along the lines, he must have read. Uh, some of Tolkien's work and decided he liked that because he totally borrowed Litha from the Hobbits. It is, uh, yeah, so totally he borrowed that term that he wanted for the summer solstice uh, from a fictional book, which I'm pretty sure Tolkien really did take from the Anglo-Saxon. Um, he was really heavily influenced by Norse and Germanic uh, mythology and stuff like that and was British. So, you know, it was, I'm pretty sure he actually did get it from Anglo-Saxon, but then Geralt Gardner took it from the fucking Hobbit. Like, come on. I don't know. It's just right. really out there. So yeah, anyway, call it whatever you want, but just know that Litha was literally made up in a fantasy novel. And we have plenty of good words to describe this holiday that uh, make more sense, such as the solstice or summer solstice or midsummer, you know, just that's my, my opinion on it. 
my opinion on the matter, sprinkled um, in with some facts. <laughs> before we go on to celebrations, I want to tell my story about J.R.L. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis's beef with Walt Disney. So <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were, were best of buddies. That's not new information. Anyone knows anything about literature and history of literature. They, everybody knows they were the same book club in college. They wrote the books together. J.R.R. Tolkien uh, basically, oh, I'm sorry, C.S. Lewis basically published Tolkien's work without his knowledge at one point. But they were at the, the cinema together watching Snow White. And uh, let's just say they weren't too happy with the dwarves and the depiction of the dwarves. And they pretty much called Walt Disney a buffoon. And said that if he was from a civilized culture, maybe his dwarves would have been more accurate. Yeah, I mean, the depiction of dwarves in Lord of the Rings comes directly from, uh, you know, Norse mythology right. and Norse paganism, you know, the um, Spartalfheim, you know, the Dark Elves, which mm -hmm. became later known as dwarves. So, yeah, Snow yeah, White just, is interesting. One of my favorite <laughs> little piece of, like, literature, well, not my favorite, I have a lot of them, but it's one of the cool literature trivias that I know. Um, I mean, that's like one of the most minor things that Walt Disney's, Disney has ever done. Cause that guy was a monster. Like, hey, we can't we can't talk bad about him. The mouse will come for us. We can't Something. we can't make the mouse mad. Uh, I mean, the mouse was originally just blackface, so <laughs> we're going there. So we're going much. there. <laughs> Apparently, we're gonna we're gonna bring all the heat of Walt Disney down on us. They have way more money than us. <laughs> Disney's terrible. Uh, Nobody should be supporting Disney anymore. Yeah. All these hot takes. Where'd those cruise ships go? You guys should be looking. All right. All right. I'm not going to get into all the conspiracies. Let us let us do that later for our conspiracy podcast. Chrissy. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, there's just so, we don't even need violent. conspiracies. There's just so much blatant racism coming from Walt Disney. Like we don't even we don't even need it. You know, like he's already sunk his own ship, so to speak. All right, uh, moving on to the celebrations of Midsummer and the Summer Solstice. Can you share some of your favorites, some something that you've read while doing research on this topic that you like really connected with, or just any in general? Well, honestly, I am a little lazy around my <laughs> celebrations. Usually, I just uh, have a bonfire and like hang out, you know, have a couple drinks, play outside. You know, it's if it's nice out, it's rainy a lot. You know, I it always is like rainy at the worst times around here. I swear, like I want it to rain for weeks. My garden will be like shriveling up. And then like the one day I want it to be sunny, it'll be like raining all day. It's like bad luck <laughs> with this house or something. Right. But um, yeah, pretty much just like fires and, uh, you know, hanging out with my family and stuff. Uh, so you were I saying earlier that... Uh... Midsummer has a lot of celebrations more centered towards the younger generation, the kids. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like about, you know, the rebirth of the sun. So obviously it would be like a time to think about like birth and youth and stuff. Right. So um, yeah, in cultures that celebrate Midsummer, like it is really focused on children and like children's activities and stuff. And it reminds me a little bit of like Christmas, how, you know, we have the whole 
been going with like Santa and presents and stuff. And like, not like we don't exchange gifts as adults, but it's not the same as, you know, exchanging gifts with your kids, you know, and like the magic that we make like happen for them. It feels um, more similar to that. Um, It like culturally for like Scandinavian people who celebrate that like nationally, um, definitely really focused on, on kids and stuff. And they have like parades and things where, you know, that are focused on like children and children's activities and stuff like that. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing all that information with us. Um, do you have any remarks you'd like to leave our audience with in general about the things that we've talked about today? Um, like, the solstice is like really open. Like there's no, like, I don't feel like this is, this is one of the things where we're like, we need to be careful or like tread lightly, you know, on the way that we're like celebrating things because this is like very broadly open, like across many, um, you know, cultures and many different, uh, I guess sex, you could call it under the big pagan umbrella. And there's really nothing that's like specific that we need to look out for too much. Um, so, you know, just go ahead and have, you know, have a nice time with your family, have, have some food, you know, uh, get up early, watch the sunrise, you know, and just celebrate life. All right, guys, I think that's going to be us for tonight. I have been Skylar. I'm just trying to close her here. I thought you were going to introduce see. yourself. Really? My first and the time to say something. Oh, go. We can just go. Then. I don't know I, what I'm to here. say anymore. Go. Don't say it all. I'm all No, ears. I fucking give up, man. It's been an don't hour and 15 minutes, and my kids have been screaming the entire time. Oh, I'll be, I'll I'll be honest. Good. We couldn't hear them. We could not hear them. Don't open this door. <laughs> she about to put the smack down. All right. I'm Chrissy, and this has been Social Seance, <laughs> hosted by Black Jade Society. And, you know, come check us out. Blackjade.org. Also We're on pretty Facebook. Neat. We're on everything. If you go to blackjade.org, they'll see you. Everything's right there. We're going to keep, that, Facebook, in. keep that, that in Instagram, there. I like that. That was very exciting of you. Look, my hair's not even big enough anymore, guys. Why does it have to be big? Because she's from Jersey, all right? Why is it got to be braided? <laughs>